I used to model at Prairie View um, before I okay. transferred. I thought, oh, I'll just continue my modeling career here. Oh, but no, they didn't. They didn't. They weren't having that. No, I, I mean, I have the same thing with Square. I modeled for them for like two or three years, and then I applied for my last year to model, and they denied it. So I was like, okay, they denied you. They denied it. Oh, and I had, they I had no me chance. The stylist, and I was like, all right, that's fine. Yeah, they tried to throw me in that journalism box because I'm a journalist, yeah. right? Whatever. Anyways, man, hi, Yellow Podcast, DavidWest.org, man. God damn it, season two definitely tap in. Um. I have a special guest again first time really talking to her and she's took the time out of her day to come chop it up with me and be on the platform so lynette atkins how are you doing that's it correctly yeah okay beautifully we got your lower third and everything up there i know you can't see it but it's it's popping it's looking really good so i know i've asked this like three times but how's your day going generally holistically how are you feeling how's everything going I've been good. I feel like this Mercury retrograde is kicking my ass just a little bit, but I feel myself like coming out of it. So we're getting there. For sure. D- go ahead and describe what it's the Mercury retrograde, right? Because I've heard about this in astronomy. Yeah. I-, I didn't pick up a lot from astronomy though. So please go ahead and remind me what that means. Okay. So I'm not going to lie. I'm not like really, really big in astronomy, but I've heard this term thrown around like for years and every time this like is thrown around like this name I don't know exactly what's happening like with the planets but every time like I feel off and I realize that like a bunch of other people feel off too so it's basically like a time where it's like people you don't feel like completely like yourself like you feel off you know from what I remember it's something along the lines of I think the analogy gave is like a car you're driving past a car and one car slows down and you drive past it, and that's all I can remember. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know nothing else. Yeah, I. You <laughs> know what? I think it's that Mercury's going the other direction. I think that's like literally what it is. But right. I'm not 100 sure. But yeah, something like that. It throws things off. We were just talking about it, right? Being black at UT Austin, um, obviously both of our alma maters. Um, you you gave me sort of a hint of your experience, um, and we, I'll definitely talk more uh, holistically about mine. But um, definitely give me more of a clear picture of your experience as a black student at a PWI. Cause mine's quite different from most people I interact with from you two. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure ours are pretty different. Cause I think for me, like coming, I actually, it's funny cause you told me you went to Prairie View, right? I toured Prairie View really? and I thought about going there. My parents or my dad really wanted me to go to, to an HBCU and I just didn't want to do it because for me growing up, I went to all like predominantly white schools So I was just, I like for me, even going to a PWI and having a black community was like a totally different experience for me. So like for me, having gone to an HBCU would have been like totally, just totally different side of the coin than like what I was used to. But I do kind of wish that I did now, like looking back, but anyways, going to PWI was interesting because I think for me, I, again, I went to predominantly white high schools, middle schools, whatever. And for me, like going to a school where the black community was so small, I didn't expect the black community to be like so close knit. Um, So I really wanted to be a part of that community and like participate as much as I could and kind of get into like the activities and the clubs and stuff. But I definitely felt like a little bit out of place. I feel like for me, I just didn't know like where I fit in. Um, But it also was nice having that community where I could like connect with different people and just be around people who look like me. Um, for the first time for me, like pretty much my whole life. So 
it was, it was like a re really new experience for me. It took like a lot of transitioning. Um, but eventually I feel like I kind of like figured out my footing in my place. And I started to like really, again, just enjoy being around more black people. So that's super dope. How long would, would you say it took you to find your community? And I asked, because like I said, yeah. um, coming from Prairie View and all black school, um, similar situations, a lot of family ties, a lot of stuff like that. And I knew from the beginning that I kind of, I always want to do my own thing. Like I, I kind of want yeah. my, as of late, I've very been, I've been very particular on my legacy and what I kind of want to leave behind. And man, I know I sound like an old head, right? But I, I don't know. I, I, I'm more, huh? So no, that's important. Yeah. I'm more diligently thinking about how, what the type of legacy I want to leave. And I think transitioning to a PWI out of my comfort zone, I had a good GPA at Prairie View. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, I had a bunch of homies, a bunch of friends. I was comfortable, right? But I, it's just a beauty about being uncomfortable and stuff like that. So I decided to make the leap of faith and, um, but yeah, go ahead and sorry, go ahead and talk about, um, how long did it take you to find that community? Because I found mine pretty out the gate when I got to UT, which is different from most people. Really? Yeah. I would say for me, it took me a while. Um, I would say like by the end of my first year going into my second year is like really when it, when I really started to find my community, cause I think at first I felt like I had to participate in everything I had to do, mm all the clubs. And I think, especially with black UT, like it's very much like org focused, like doing organizations and like spark. community. Yeah. Like spark, like all these other ones spark. I wouldn't say is like so much like, right. Right. I think it could be more diverse, but anyways. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. No, we, we um, <laughs> yeah. But um, I think eventually I started to realize that like, it's not like, I don't have to like take on these positions or like do these things like that, like are like on my resume to like prove myself or to be a part of a community. Like I could just like connect with people, um, like in different ways, depending on like what commonalities I had with them. So I think by the end of like my first year going into my second year, I started to like find like just connections with people in different areas, like people in business, people who I would kick it with on the weekends and then there's you know just all these different ways that you can connect with people so yeah no that's super dope again the most people i love to start here um with this conversation specifically just because i know what my process and my transition was right like i said coming from hbcu um going to ut my junior year and already having that community in place like I, like i was telling you before we hit record um I have homies that have been going to UT, black black students um, that are in grad school now have been, I've been knowing them since second grade, right? And they've been they've been at wow. UT all four years, whereas I yeah. transitioned in. So basically by virtue, their French group sort of transitioned into mine, right? So now we got, yeah. a, we got a squad of 15 or so, but that, that was just um, a result of me knowing a handful of cats that I went to high school with, elementary school with. They went to UT, so I'm like, oh, let me go tagging with them. And then their whole friend group became mine, which is just obviously completely different from most people. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, because I think a lot of people came in not knowing anyone or like I know, like for me, like I came in a lot of people from my high school into UT, a lot of people that I grew up with. But it's like not people I would actually connect with, like outside of like having to be in class together. You know what I mean? It wasn't people like I saw like a long-term relationship with. I have a few people, like two really good friends, like I'm so close with that I went to high school with. But after that, it's like, yeah. Yeah, really. no, likewise. I don't rock with, I don't, I gotta be careful with the words. I, I, there's a lot of people from high, I don't talk to anyone from high school personally, but again, yeah. I know some cats that I've been knowing since God knows how long and then mm -hmm. they go to UT or whatever. But you said you, you toured Prayer View. Um, I, yeah i'm not sure if you said you was there was that 
did you ever have it in the plans to attend that school or was it just a YouTube tour? No, it was just like my college tours. I was going to a bunch of different schools and my dad um, threw out prayer view as an option. And so I went and toured because I was, I definitely was kind of considering HBCU, but at the time I wasn't like 100% on doing it. I still had my eyes set like on UT. So I toured it. Um, I toured like, I just toured a bunch of other Texas schools. I toured like Baylor and um, dope. Yeah, super dope. a few other, but yeah. So I know that you made a, speaking of transitions, like I said, I left Prairie View, transition to UT. Speaking of transitions, I know you recently made a huge transition, a huge leap of faith um, to depart. And correct me if I'm wrong in the story, you know, all I, all I got is my research, but um, you opted to leave your job as a marketing specialist at Amazon to be a full-time influencer, which you were already doing, but you wanted to pursue this full-time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me more about the process, your mindset, what, anything you want to talk about that went into that decision? Cause it's very interesting. And I have a lot of questions about it. Yeah. Yeah. That journey was crazy. It, it feels like it was a really long journey, um, but I'm just super grateful for the way everything turned out. So for me, I started YouTube when I was in school. So I was like, maybe like a sophomore or junior in college, like 2018, 2017, um, I started YouTube and I kind of was just doing it for fun just to like express myself and kind of post like whatever just felt right. Like, I think my first few videos, I always say were like me just doing my hair and like showing like my hair journey. Um, cause I was going natural. And then, um, I just was still really set, like on taking like this standard route of like going and working nine to five and, you know, cause I was, a I went to Macomb school of business. So like that is very much, focused on taking that route of like, you know, going and getting a corporate job. And so um, I did that. And I eventually like just literally within like months of working a corporate job, I realized like it just was not for me. Um, and I started taking YouTube more seriously. And um, in 2020, that's when I was like, you know what, I'm just going to try to like make this happen as soon as I can and quit my job. So luckily it ended up happening um, by June of 2021 and I ended up quitting. So it was great. Right. So how how long is because it sounds like, you know, you see the end result of it. And I'm sure there was like a bumps and bruises on the on the way there. But um, it's not like you kind of had the idea manifested for a long time that you was going to just kind of opt to leave behind the corporate world and uh, transition into straight YouTube full time. Yeah, for sure. I kind of started like speaking that out into the world, like for I would say like more than a year before it even happened. I was like sure that that was what was going to happen so you were for sure yeah. you said you were yeah. for sure. oh that's pretty dope okay okay yeah i mean I think- like i knew i wanted to like get out of the nine to five but i didn't know exactly how i was going to do it and then i think eventually it just kind of like the path kind of like figured itself out but yeah you're very I, <clears throat> i've been following your channel right and i'm already a fan to be honest with you this isn't this isn't pod talk i'm actually a fan thanks you're uh what what is it about the nine to five besides the pandemic or you could talk about the pandemic i know the pandemic has sort of opened our eyes to like this nine to five shit just might not be it. you can cuss on the platform i always go uh okay. it might just not be that it just may not be it anymore right especially with the pandemic working from remote i can speak from my experiences i'm remote with npr right now right and i might be transitioning to in person sooner or later we'll see but um, could you speak more about your, uh, what about the nine to five are you not rocking with? Yeah, for me, I think the major thing was having to exert my energy into a company that I knew 
I wasn't aligned with or that I knew I also just didn't care about. So I think there's, there was two big parts of it for me. So it was like the company that I was with specifically, but also just this idea of a nine to five. Um, and I think for me being at the company I was at morally, I just had all these questions come up about why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I preaching about how much I'm kind of starting to become disillusioned with capitalism, but I'm also working for one of the biggest corporations in the world that causes a lot of harm. Um, mm. But then also just the nine to five itself. Um, for me, I felt like so much of my energy was being taken up every single day. Um, not only physically like having to log on and be there, but also this expectation of having to like mentally and emotionally like pour myself into this job. Um, the, I started realizing that that was not, it wasn't really like fueling me. It wasn't feeding me. I felt drained by the end of every single day. Mm. Um, and the more I was kind of exerting that energy, the, the less I felt like I had energy to do other things. And so like on the weekends, I was trying to like, try and, you know, enjoy the weekends as much as you can. Cause like you only have so much time, but I realized that like, that's just not natural. Like I wanted to just enjoy life, like just every day from, you know, just day to day. Right. Uh, so I just realized like the nine to five for me just like was not it. I was like, I can't, I don't like the feeling of like having Sunday scaries and knowing I might have to like pour 40 hours a week into this shop that I don't care about, you know? What I will say is, I don't know what Sunday scaries are, but they sound scary. The thing is <laughs> now, what I will, what I also will say is that was Amazon the first, was that the first position you took out of when you graduated? Yeah. So, yeah. You, so let me ask you this. Do you think, the issues, because I've heard, I have a lot of homies uh, who work for Amazon. I don't know if it's full-time, but no, they're, they're full-time. I, mm -hmm. I, I I can echo a lot of what you're saying about Amazon being, I haven't heard good things. We could say like that. Like, I yeah. haven't heard great things about their working conditions, their environment, diversity, all that type of stuff, right? But whatever. Um, with that being sort of your only, to my knowledge, your only jump into the nine-to-five corporate world out of college, do you think you maybe have allowed Amazon to not corrupt, that's not the right word, but sort of direct your vantage point or your perception of what a nine to five may be? Because I've heard, like I said, I know Amazon, they might not have the, yeah. the best conditions. Yeah, no, 100%. I think it's a great question. So I think, I think if I had not taken Amazon as my first job, I probably would not have tried to jump out of the nine to five as quickly as I did. Mm. Cause I can imagine there's a lot of other positions. Like for me, I mean, I worked other like internships, right? Like throughout college that I really enjoyed. Like I personally really enjoy working for startups and working in like just different kind of environments that are not the kind of environment that I got at Amazon. Um, so I think being at Amazon made me feel the way I did specifically about working for corporations. Um, but I do think for me, I just learned really early on in college, I was in an entrepreneurship club and I just was around a lot of people who were just doing the entrepreneurship route. Mm -hmm. So I knew for me in my heart, like I started a business in college, I started a few and I would just, I knew for me in my heart that eventually I wanted to end up going down that route. So I think that I probably maybe would have enjoyed or maybe would have been okay with working nine to five um, a little bit longer if it wasn't Amazon, but I do, I do think overall, I still kind of knew like nine to five, like working to make someone else richer just wasn't for me. Um, so yeah, that was a great question though. Hey, journalism school, right? Journalism school <laughs> has got me prepared and I, Prairie View too, right? But cause I, they, they say I bash on Prairie View a little too much. I don't bash on Prairie View. I love Prairie View. 
Um, but I appreciate yeah. that. So it's um no, it's, it's such a that's why I really wanted to talk to you because it's such an interesting perspective. Because I'm like on the cusp of like well, I'm already in it, right? I just graduated in May, like I told you, and I'm already in it, like NPR. Um, they're doing good. No Sunday scaries yet on for NPR. Yeah. So I'm thankfully go ahead. No, I wasn't because I was gonna ask you the same thing. I was like, I feel like if you're at a company that you really enjoy and you feel like you're actually like this is what you if this is something that you actually enjoy doing and you don't have those Sunday scaries and you wake up and you're like looking forward to like the projects that you're working on. I feel like your perception of a nine to five might be totally different, which I can imagine it sounds like it is for you. I'm still figuring it out though, right? I'm still figuring yeah. it out. Like um I had an internship. It's the life after graduating is so goddamn expedited, it feels like, right? I just graduated in May. Gosh, yeah intern with NPR from June to July. No, no, no. June to August. Okay. And then immediately got hooked up with their um a show called Morning Edition, a radio show in the mornings. It's been super dope so far. I've done yep. social media for them as well. It's been a lot of fun, right? They're exposing me to a lot of different things. But um, you know, I like talking to you already because it's like I feel like you have a lot of insight and you it's well thought out insight as to what you think about the nine to five and Again, I think I'm in an interesting spot. That's why uh, it's an interesting conversation because I'm sort of seeing it firsthand, whereas you've been in it for the past uh, year and a half, I think you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think for sure, like it definitely depends on what kind of route you're taking, like what your passion is. So I think certain things, right? Like if you if your passion is like being like a doctor, like you're going to be working a nine to five or some kind of structure where you're like working specific hours of a day for probably a practice, like coming out of like med school. Right. right. And I can imagine the same thing, like with journalism, like I'm sure there's so many different ways to pursue that independently. Um, like you're literally doing this podcast right now, but I feel like for a lot of people, the standard route for journalism, like is working some kind of nine to five or working for some kind of company. Right. Yeah. So I think there's a way to do that and like really enjoy it. Would you also think that there's a balance because you were doing the YouTube thing? Well, let me let me just ask this: Do you think you could have balanced the two? Like, as far because you've been doing YouTube for a while, you said I think you said to since you were in early college, early college career. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. do you think it was an idea that you? I'm sure you took it into consideration that you could have balanced the two, or but again, you're at a very interesting vantage point where you've kind of blown up. Like, let's kind of jump into that. Actually, you've kind of like blown up, uh, and it's is. Talk about that specifically. Yeah, yeah, because so because for me, I was doing YouTube for a while and I was kind of just doing what I thought was going to get me views. Like I my first little blow up on YouTube was I was making like college vlogs. So I was showing people like the experience at UT um, and I started kind of just sticking with that because I thought that was like going to keep getting me views because that's what like the first video did. Um, and I don't think I really started like blowing up this year or like over the past year um, until I kind of started breaking out of that and started just making like content that just felt right to me. Cause eventually I got to a point where I was like, okay, look, this college content, I know it's helping a few people, but like, I'm like, I'm, I'm out of college now. I'm hey, kind of Cap hey, you can only get so far at Cap Wayne. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. No, literally. So I was just like, yeah, like I'm going to kind of branch out and really just start making videos like on what I'm actually thinking about and the things that I'm interested in and things that I, I talked to like my friends about. Um, and as soon as I started doing that, like things just started blowing up and I just started realizing like, okay, like if I'm actually sharing content, that's like true to me and just being true to myself, then like, I can actually connect with people online. Cause there's a lot of other people feeling the same way that I am. Like my first 
few videos that started doing well were videos where I was talking about this experience that I was having, like really not feeling the nine to five. Mm. Um, and I didn't think that video was gonna do well at all. I posted it and it was like blowing up that first day. And I was like, what is going on? But yeah, I think as soon as I started just like making stuff that was true to me, like things really just started resonating with people. Um, and my platform started to grow and it was awesome. Yeah, no, that's dope. I think um, I'm fairly uh, I started my podcast last year during the pandemic, right? So I'm still okay. fairly early in the journey, right? Especially the YouTube space. Um, and it's funny, I've had ideas of like, huh, maybe I could, I'm sure I could do this full time. Like I'm now, now it's on my mind. Maybe I don't know, but um, yeah. still very early on in the space. But I think what's important and what you're saying is that sort of, uh, you've mentioned it's being vulnerable on your channel, being organic. I, I'm really big on trying to find like true fans right now. Like I used to, you know, we all dive into the subscribe for subscribe. No, nah, I'm trying to find like my true tribe, like my true fan base right now. So I think that's been super dope and ha- sort of watching my subscribers sort of uh, heighten organically because again, it's all people I rock with, people I've networked with. So that's been pretty dope. Um, you could, if you want, yeah. you could definitely spend more on um, not your keys to success, um, but just, what, just speak on being vulnerable because that's something you spoke. I've I've seen you speak on your channel. Yeah, I mean, because I think you really like touched an important point is like, it's, I think the biggest thing, because I think we're, you know, now we're seeing content creation be this like huge thing where people can quit their jobs and make all this money from it. And like, it's awesome. And like, it's very much algorithm based. So I see a lot of people sharing all this advice around like, how to title your videos and SEO and how to get people to click you. But I think like overall, it's like you said, it's like, it's really just about building like a true audience and like people who just, just finding people who like really resonate with you and the message that you're trying to put out. Um, So for me, I think being vulnerable online has kind of given me a chance to do that because I've really started to realize that like, we kind of, I think the stage that we're at in this like day and age is like, we really need to see more people who are just being themselves like truly and authentically. Um, So I think we, you know, it's just, it's not normalized to be like super vulnerable and just share all the things that you're going through. But I think the more you kind of do that, um, or at least in whatever ways are like best for you, um, I think the more people will really resonate and kind of be like, okay, like I want to, I want to, I identify with you and I resonate with you. And I don't want to just like watch you because like you look cool or like you're, you're giving me some kind of information. It's like an actual like connection that you're building like with an audience. So it's been really cool to like start to see that kind of happen. Yeah, no, uh, again, very early in my stages, but um, again, I'm happy we're having this conversation. I'm happy you're part of my network now too. That's definitely yeah, because sure. um, that's a big part of why I do the podcast, you know, uh, definitely expanding my network and just interacting with dope people. Um put a lot of yeah. time and energy into it so but yeah i think the biggest thing is just networking and um again just um being valuable to other people and just finding those connections yeah and just consistency like just keep going like i always say like with anyone like because you know like even our our mutual friend veronica like she just my best friend just started a podcast and it's like the biggest thing i always tell people is just keep going like with anything like if you're really enjoying it like just keep going and it'll work out so yeah right, right and yeah no i think um again i'm trying to find a balance right i mean i, I i'm doing seasons just because um life is getting just li- life is getting kind of busy i'm not gonna hold you i mean you you know about this life i'm still learning it's getting yeah. it's getting crazy i'm like i said like graduation npr i do radio on the weekend like it's getting kind of it's getting wow busy. yeah and I, I travel to houston occasionally to do this to talk to people so i don't know yeah i say like balancing balancing content creation or just any kind of passion that you're doing with a nine to five is such a huge like 
it's such a huge time commitment, but it's also, it teaches you so much about yourself because you'll really start to see like, okay, if I need a break, I need to give myself a break before like my body forces me to, or before I like crash, you know what I mean? Cause right. it's like, sometimes you really have to give yourself room to do that. So it's good. You're like planning out, like you're just having seasons alone. is like really smart. Cause I wish I would have kind of looked at like my content from that same approach. Yeah. Well, your content is very different though. I mean, obviously I'm doing a podcast. Yeah. You have, you're more of a vlog channel, something I'm considering True. transitioning into, but you do more of a vlog day-to-day thing. And that's it, arguably more impressive because again, you, it's more consistent. Um, and that's like you said, the key to building a following, it's more consistent. And again, you're really getting into like the nitty gritty when it comes to like your day-to-day life. Like people really are watching you grow up, which is super dope, but like, it's a yeah. lot of pressure on you to like, it's almost like a performance like you have to perform like an athlete almost like you got to put on a show yeah it's crazy yeah I was I was just talking about this with my boyfriend too because like it it really is like trying to obviously you're showing up for you know this audience you also have to show up for yourself and I Mm. feel so like connected with my context I feel like like my content is just so much of like an expression of it's very diverse yeah yeah so it's like you know having to show up for yourself but also the audience it's like it's like, yes, it's a business, but it's also like, again, just an extension of me. So it's, it's a lot, but it's, it's amazing. It's so much, I would, I would always recommend it to like anyone who ever wants to like find some kind of expression or some form of, some form of expression for themselves. I think content is amazing. I agree. And um, I don't know. I think the pandemic definitely, that's why I'm really, I think you're super dope because you'd started this way long before the pandemic, like well, before, way just years in advance, right? I saw okay. it. I saw an opportunity. Oh, I ain't got, I ain't got shit going on. Like we, we all stuck in the house. I'm kind of just trapped at yeah. home. I'm in Houston. I, I'm not even supposed to be here. That's when I just was like, let me start a podcast. Let me just talk my talk. So yeah, well, that's the best time to do it. I think the pandemic really kind of helped people start to see like, or at least it helped them like find opportunities to kind of like be more authentically themselves and find ways to express themselves. It's like, you, what, what else are you going to do, especially if you're not seeing people as much? So I think, I think it, obviously there's a lot of bad that happened in 2020, but I Thanks. think that like, it really did help people kind of grow at least like inwardly, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, that's what I encourage people. I hope people use that time to their advantage and this amongst all the negativity and circumstances transitioning sure. a little bit here um a more timely thing i know you saw like facebook i don't know when this is coming out but facebook obviously had the little crashes last week the outages mm-hmm. and uh interestingly enough that's when i knew like oh i gotta talk to Lynette. like i want to talk to her about this specifically because i it's a two-part question i'm gonna ask but uh um, okay. just referencing like facebook crashed Instagram crash, WhatsApp crash. The first part of that question is, from my own curiosity, is like, when these platforms crash, are influencers kind of like, uh, are they like panicking? Like, what is what is going on? Like, uh, what happens? Like, is there, what, what do you think happens? Yeah, that's a good question. I think there's a lot of layers to it. Because I think for me- And like, I, I use panicking not... very, it was, it was a joke. I, panicking very sparsely. Like, it's not- yeah 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 (laughs) no 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 but low-key I mean I could see that because I think when you're thinking bigger picture right there's like you you have to kind of ask yourself especially like as someone who you you're paying your bills like through these con these platforms right Mm -hmm. and it's like if they for some reason for whatever reason were just to disappear forever which like that's probably not going to happen but like let's say Instagram just never came back on like you have to really ask yourself like is this going to be sustainable for me to do this like long term like what happens if all these platforms disappear I have to have some kind of way to like 
pay my bills. You know what I mean? Like I quit my job. I took a pretty big risk. So oh no, you're in this. You're, a, you're in this life. You're you're about yeah this. yeah. But I mean, that's just kind of like a bigger picture question. But I think for me, I mean, if I'm being real, like I remember when that happened last week, I was like, okay, this kind of gives me an excuse to like not work as much because like I had probably had stuff that I, I could have been posting that day. Like I've just been trying to be like super consistent with my content. But I'm like, okay, like I just kind of take those things. Like obviously, it doesn't happen often, but like sometimes if I get a sign to like just chill then I'll take the sign. Cause I feel like I've, I, again, Mercury yeah. retrograde, I've just been kind of trying to chill a As little you bit. Should. Um, it's like, you know, you saying that, you know, what it reminded me of, it reminded me of uh, the winter storms in Austin and how yes. I'm, I'm sitting here waiting for, I'm sitting here waiting for my teachers to cancel our assignments. Like I'm not going to reach out to them and ask them about it, but like, I'm sitting there yeah. waiting for an email. Like, bro, y'all going, but we can't go to school. Like, yeah like Like, exactly like i cannot be expected to work under these same conditions like what do you want me to do you know so yeah it's the exact same thing hey shout out professor crooms he definitely did cancel that damn research paper we had to he definitely canceled i'm glad yeah Yeah, i would not even if they didn't cancel i probably just would not have turned anything in so it would have been the best time not to to be honest yeah but luckily it all worked out right but um yeah so again that's that's it was more of a a two-part question because um that's interesting though because it crashed but i guess i have to look at it holistically that you're with you being so dug into the space like that really does affect you and it affects people you can tackle that point if you want to but i i didn't get your definition what what in your mind is an influencer because i don't know i i definitely think i have a perceived bias toward what an influencer is but now that i know one and now that i could network with one definitely tell me your definition yeah I think the word influencer to me is so touchy just because I'd prefer to use the word content creator because I feel like influencer like there's different perceptions of how people see it you know like I think normally we would see like you know there's people as an influencer you make money from influencing people like that's what you do like brands pay you and your main source of income is influencing um but I also feel like so much there's so much outside of that. Like, that's why I I use the word content creator, just because like, you are still like, yes, that's like one stream of income, but like your, your form of expression and like your way of connecting with your audience is through your content. And a lot of your content, most of your content usually as an influencer is not sponsored. It's usually just your organic content and you talking to your audience. And so yeah, there's a lot of different ways that people kind of see that though. Because I think there are definitely some influencers out there who like their main bread and butter, all of their content is with the intention to influence, right? But I feel like mine is a little bit different, but it just it depends on who you ask also. Well, yeah, that's why I definitely want to ask you because I don't want to box you in because I think I have a very, very well thought out bias and uh, perception of social media as a whole. Mm-hmm. And then the again influences right. So social media, yo, if you know me, I hate social media so much. Like right. I literally, uh, and we can get and this kind of jumps back into the the outages, right? I, I'm a lot of conspiracy theories, right? Oh, they're trying to cover up this addiction because uh, obviously the addiction thing in the Wall Street Journal stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Platforms are too addicting. They're uh, corrupting the youth. Uh, conspiracy theories. I don't not gonna say I'm conspiracist, but listen you know what i mean but um that's what i've yeah. been hearing and uh it, it makes sense like it makes complete sense i literally hate social media i take i post on there my content and i get the hell off of it because it's very mm-hmm. addicting and we all fall victim to it in my opinion 100 percent. 
I do too. Like too often. Like for me, I think I've been, I mean, I have just made a video about this too, like talking about just social media in general. Like I'm a very big believer in like all the stuff you just said, like conspiracy stuff. Like it's very much proven that like social media is made to like influence us to buy things. Like the main point of social media and the reason why it is so addicting today is because we are consumers, right? Like we use it, it's free, which is awesome. But it's like, because it's free, we're the ones being sold. Like that's what people will say. Mm. Cause it's like, we literally, the whole point of social media is to keep us on and hooked for as long as possible. So for me, as someone who works in that space, I find it even harder to like, kind of get off of it sometimes. Cause there's times when I literally will get on like, oh, I'm working, but like I end up hooked for hours and then I'm stuck. And then that makes me also question like, okay, well, what am I doing with my content? Right. Like as a creator, what am I doing in that space? Am I just being, am I just pushing forward that mission for corporations? You know what I mean? So it's like, I have to ask myself that like really often. Definitely. Yeah. Talk more about that because again, you walk a very different line than I do. Again, I'm entering Mm -hmm. the content creation field and I think I could tell you what helps, what helps me out. Right it's helped me that I started making social media work for me, right? As opposed to me, as opposed to the other way around, right? Because I used to just post whatever and see whatever is going on with such and such and stuff like that. I had to get out of that space. I, and it Mm -hmm. just made me hate social media more, right? So I had to get out of that. But uh, what I've kind of did is um, I cleaned up my timeline. I I unfollowed everybody on Twitter. I like, uh, except for a handful of people. Unfollowed everybody and, um, and that, yeah. oh man, don't get me started, bro. Like, I, and that goes into a different, a whole different thing with me because people always ask me, like, I think people want validation when it comes to who you follow and stuff like that. My friends yeah. clown me, like, not even clown me. They're like, why you don't follow me? Like, what's going on? I'm like, bro, you have my phone number, fam. Like, you can call bro. me. You can, and I hate that shit, bro. Like, I literally hate it because yeah. it's like, and I, aside from the addiction and everything that goes with it, I think we search for validation through social media too damn yeah. often. God damn it. That, I'm about to start rambling. So I'm gonna let you talk about it. No, it, yeah, it, it no I agree. <laughs> I agree 100%. I mean, I've been having asked myself recently because I think for me, I think that's an important point you made is like really having to watch who you follow because you can get on social media. And I think that a major reason why social media, again, is as big as it is today is not only to make us consumers, but also to like make us like, clash right and to Mm. make us like have these disagreements and to make us feel like we have to argue and talk about all these things when like nine times out of ten like when I get on Twitter and I see people arguing over like whether a guy should be paying for a girl all the time it's like at the end of the day like these people don't (laughs) people's opinions do not affect my life so it's like when you kind of get really deep into the weeds with it it's like sometimes you have to really step back and ask yourself like does it really matter that much? Like what other people think, what other people are doing? Like if I were to just step back and just live my life, like I'm pretty sure like I would just be fine, you know? So I think it's important. I've been trying to do the same thing as like just clean up who I'm following and just really be mindful of like what, like what purpose, like what am I gaining from being on social media? Because I have a lot of people that I follow who I feel like I actually get on social media and I feel like I get something out of it. Well, let's let's break this down though because... um. I put your Instagram on there because I know that's more of your public. I know you have Twitter, but I don't know if it's like a private, like I know I'm saying. Yeah, I don't really like use a, like that. Yeah, I, I didn't want to throw it on the platform because I know it's more of a personal thing. I didn't. I also want to talk about like living in like anonymity when it comes to like that stuff. But go, go mm-hmm. ahead. I didn't cut you off. Um, are you, are you talking good. about your Instagram audience or your Twitter audience? 
talking about just everything in okay, general. Go ahead, go ahead. Like, I'm gonna draw. Yeah, because I mean, I get on Twitter and I just kind of like watch, like, I don't really like use it like that. But right. uh, I just think anything, any social media platform that you're on, like who you follow, like can really determine like how social media makes you feel. Um, and I think, like you said, yeah, like a lot of people want to be on social media to like feel validated, which I think that's great if that's like what you need at times, because I think we all kind of need that validation sometimes or we all seek it. But I think like if really, if you're really trying to grow and like learn about yourself and like try to look, if you're trying to like go inward and have that growth, it's like, you'll realize eventually that like, you don't need that validation, at least on social media. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. And then it's, again, it's just, again, it just, it, it bothers me to have people in my circle asking me like, bro, why you don't follow me? Like, is it that deep? Like, you have my number, yeah. bro. We could talk. I just think that that shit is just absolutely crazy to me. And I've been seeing that since, like, high school. And I think that's why I've sort of built up this this hatred toward it. Like, I literally... Let me tell you what helped me, right? Besides cleaning up my timeline. Because a, a, a cool thing I've heard is that your algorithm is a reflection of who you are, right? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So who you follow, what pops up on your YouTube feed, that's a direct correlation of who you follow and uh, who you're aligning yourself with, like you said earlier, right? So yeah. I had to unfollow a whole bunch of people. I had to stop getting, inter- I had to stop following the entertainment Twitter. You know what I mean? And yeah. I started, if you go on my, if you go on my content, right, my Twitter right now, it's a bunch of financial advisors, um, just stuff like that, right? On Twitter. Um, but yeah, I had to clean up my, I had to clean up my algorithm. I had to clean up my timeline because that's a reflection of me. And then on top of that, yeah. um, it's just again, it, it goes back to who you networking with, who you associated with. Um, I'm not gonna spend too much time on it, but I don't know. That's what I had to do. I had to clean up my act and then my timeline. Basically, I had to. I had to. Yeah. Start, yeah. Yeah. Because so. you have to really ask yourself, yeah, like why am I constantly clicking on this, or why am I constantly like feeding into these conversations or whatever? It's like, yeah, I think that's a good point. You have to clean up your acts before you clean up your timeline. Yeah. Because regardless, it's always gonna be a reflection of you and what you're interested in. Like the algorithm, algorithm will like learn you. So, yeah. It's important. It's important. Like I said, I, I pop on, I hop on the YouTube or Twitter now. It's not your videos popping up. It's a financial advisor. It's a financial whatever. Um, videos about whatever it may be. And then apparently, maybe like a, I don't know why I wanted to say a Doja Cat video. I don't know why. That was random. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know why. But uh, <laughs> shout out to Doja Cat. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's what's worked for me. I mean, and it goes back to the point of making social media work for me right now. I'm on Instagram exactly. more than I, the thing is, I didn't even say I did de- what I do now. I delete the app and I've been doing this. I delete the app after I post on it. Right. Um, just because yeah. it's just so addicting, bro. But I mean, what I do now yeah. is I'm making it work for me. So I'm able to, a lot of my networking communication, a lot of the people that are helping produce this podcast and help this podcast in different ways that you guys are going to see in season two is that I'm communicating with them on the platform. So again, it's just making social media work. For mm-hmm. So Yep. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. And I think for me, like having to even going and deleting it sometimes, like you'll start to realize like, damn, like I really am addicted because like there's times when I'll just like get on my phone and just tap it without even realizing like what I'm mm. doing, just like mindlessly scrolling. And I'm like, if it's not my phone, I'll really start to see like, okay, I have been addicted to this. I'm still reaching for it, you know? Right. So, yeah. There's something I, well, let's see. There's a lot of, there's a few more things I really want to jump into. I'm trying to prioritize which one specifically. Um, let's talk about one of my favorite videos by you. Um, it, it was titled, The American Dream Doesn't Exist. And I like mm-hmm. it because you tapped into a lot of, uh, a lot of things relating to, uh, 
black culture, black history, from sweatshops to um, you referenced a lot, a lot of dope stuff that people just don't talk about. I know you had like a time. I think in the process now, like I know you said you're reading more and you're definitely tapping more into that stuff now, which I think is super dope. So shout out to you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to get there too. Um, with that video specifically, let me ask this. Do you think, um, do you think, do you almost feel like a responsibility to like speak to like the black community with your platform? Because I know out the gate when I was, when I first got the UT and I did newspaper, a lot of my articles for the Daily Texan were about trying to speak to that specific demographic. And I think it was important because it was a small demographic, still is like 5% or whatever. So it was important. But uh, I've kind of transitioned to a point where I want to speak to everybody, right? I'm trying to, uh, yeah, I'm trying to talk to everyone. I'm not trying to stay on code. I'm trying to like really communicate and diversify and talk to everyone at one time. That's why you'll see me having different people on the platform. But talk about your, um, which, and I know this is one, this is only one aspect of your content, right? You do budgeting and a lot of other stuff, but um, do you do you feel a responsibility um, sort of talking to like the black community when you post videos about the great resignation and American dream doesn't exist or stuff like that? Yeah, I think a huge mission for my content is specifically speaking to like, like specifically speaking to the black community and trying to like help people because like I think the big like my mission when I think about it it's very much centered around black people because I feel like black people have so much we have so many opportunities and we also have so much trauma that it's like it's important to have these conversations like a lot of these conversations they can only be truly understood by black people right because of the things that we've been through and the things that we see in our community but at the same time I think I started like I know for me like especially like back when I was making college content, it was very much focused on that. But I'm realizing now more and more that like my content can be heard by anyone and can resonate with anyone. So I think a lot of these things, they're becoming these truths that everyone is realizing, like, especially with that video, it's like, you don't have to be black to understand that like mass incarceration, especially for black people in America is a huge problem right now. You know what I mean? And it's like, you don't have to be, I think more people who are not black also have to listen to that and have to understand it and have to learn how to integrate those facts and that information into their daily lives and see how they can help other people too. Um, so I think I feel not so much like a responsibility to speak to like the black community in my content. I think I just feel a responsibility to like speak to everyone Um, But obviously, as someone who is Black in America and has like privileges with my color and all these things and the, 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 um, you know, like class that I grew up in, like I feel responsibility to um, speak to that and use my privilege in whatever way I can. Um, Because I know that like the way that I speak about things and the way the fact that I even have a following now at this point, it gives me advantages to be able to like to be able to talk to certain people. You, you reach more people. You reach more people. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I kind of do feel a responsibility, but I feel like, again, now it's kind of just really, at this point, just me expressing it, everything that I'm learning, and whoever wants to listen can listen. Like, it's for everyone, you know? So. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. I, and I think um, it's so good to hear from you because, again, we're in completely different stages, right? You're yeah. more of an OG content creator at this point, um, even though you have a lot of roads to cross and a lot of bridges to burn, right? And I know you're going to do great things like that you're not already doing. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. I mean, I um, definitely started this podcast. Um, a lot of my guests are Black, but that isn't intentional, right? I mean, I think um, I- I'm trying to get away from 
co- I'm trying to get away from color and more so judge you by the content of your character. I think that's more important. I don't know. That's who I'm trying to reach at this point. I mean, and in in shout out journalism school because a big thing they taught me was diverse diversity and um uh just having full representation on your platform, right? And this wasn't even yeah. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna say no. I 100% agree. I think that's important. It's just it's important to have like people from the community on your platform to talk and speak to things. But at the same time, it's important just to diversify even outside of color, like you said. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to find the balance. I mean, um, again, I think judging by the content of your character, because I think character is the most important thing above anything else. Um, So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm still figuring it out, though. But um, yeah. 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 But then so it's sort of... um, Good transition from that too, actually. Unless you had another point you wanted to make on that, we could. Almost... No, I think that's it. You know, okay. I think you covered it. Yeah, yeah. For sure, because I know you. I, I, I really enjoy your content because you're very well thought out in what you say in your content. I, I know you're spending more time, present day, trying to educate yourself and stuff like that and again we're all in that same journey but i really do like that this isn't just pod talk i'm telling you like i really am a fan of your content because you're able to articulate things and really speak on your emotions and be vulnerable all these stuff we've been talking about like and you do that very well in your content so thank you yeah it's taking time and i think the cool thing about content like that a lot of people also don't realize is that like for me especially just with communication i've always really struggled to like get my point across just in like conversations and Same. like you know like it's hard to put into words the things that you're feeling especially when you're being vulnerable and when you're learning things and you're just like starting to learn things and things are just starting to click it's hard to communicate that but like with content it's like at the end of the day like yes i might seem well spoken but like a video that you see of me that's like 10 minutes long also took me like an hour and a half maybe to film and I cut all that footage down. You know what I mean? So I think I, that's a, I appreciate the transparency. I appreciate it. Most people wouldn't even yeah. bring that up. That's super dope. Yeah. That's super dope. I mean, we just rocking and rolling here. You sound good to me. So we do, we, it's good. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Podcasts are different though, but it's, it's cool because it gives you a different kind of format to be able to do that. So most definitely, most definitely again, that, um, the great, um, no, no, no. The American Dream doesn't exist. That's one of my favorite videos by you. I really definitely tapped in with yeah. that. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And that's sort of the content I think I personally like. I'm not telling you what content to make, but I definitely like that yeah. content. No, it's the content that I enjoy the most. It's usually the most controversial because I know it'll stir the pot a little bit, but it's like, I think those are the, that's the kind of content that's like, I feel like more people, I don't want to say need to hear because like no one needs to hear my videos, but it's like, it's more of like the conversations that need to be had. So I might I disagree. Think I think people do need to hear you because I think you're in a position yeah. now where uh, where you're you're just in a big you're in you're in the upper tier of YouTubers. I don't know if you've like sort of recognized it. I'm not I'm just now on the YouTube journey. Right. So I don't really follow yeah. a lot of influences. I know we're not big fans of the word. and We're about to get into that more. But, um, you know, you're definitely elevating into that. And you do it full time now. So you have a different perspective. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And I will say it's definitely easier to like not have those conversations on YouTube because it's like, what's what again, what makes me money is working with brands mainly like what's brand friendly is like not making videos like those. So I think yeah, like the more I'm kind of getting into it, especially like as a full time content creator, the more I'm kind of learning like how to just keep being authentically myself, despite what might be easier. So yeah, I appreciate that, though. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I'm definitely a fan. 
that and the brand branding and stuff like that and the influence and that's that's the next thing i want to actually touch on um i'm having you define influencer because we're about to tap in we're about to really dive into that um yeah. so again with you sort of being elevated in this position and um now you're dealing with sponsors affiliate links and all that different stuff now one thing i have noticed about your content is you're very you you regularly condemn sort of uh consumerism and we talked about it like influencers mm -hmm. and consumerism now it's again i think you're in an interesting spot and uh sort of playing devil's advocate how are you able to do that when at the same time as an influencer or a content creator show respect um you're you market a lot of different things right so it's sort of yeah yeah speak on that because it's you denounce consumerism but again you're very the space you're in that you didn't ask for you're sort of a part of that space now yeah 100% it's a great question that's something that I struggle with just even internally like trying to figure out that balance because like I think when we look at content creation right like we all know that you know to pay the bills or to get things to grow as whatever you want to do in your job financially it's like you have to kind of play the game and I'm realizing that like for me there's this quote that I saw from someone recently, and I wish I could remember her name, but I was watching one of her videos, but um, she said, it's like, you know, criticizing the, criticizing capitalism is not hypocritical when you're a part of the system or when you're use when you're, when you're trying to participate in capitalism, because we're kind of all forced to participate in it. Mm. So for me, I think I used to always see YouTube as like this escape from capitalism, this escape from being the typical capitalist and having to work a nine to five, right? But at the end of the day, it's still capitalism. Like we're all still forced to participate in the system. I just have a little bit more freedom than other people who work a nine to five, right? Um, and I do have the freedom to say no to brands and to just go a certain route financially with like my content. But I think for me, it's kind of, I've kind of trying to like, I've been trying to learn how to balance um, what my morals are, but also still be able to pay my bills. Um, so for me, as someone who knows like, okay, I don't want to be victim to consumerism. And I also don't want to promote just this like outlandish consumerism to my audience that like they don't need. Um, I've had to kind of learn how to say no to brands and learn how to really just I align myself um, when it comes to sponsorships with brands that I actually believe in and brands that I actually spend money on myself. Because it's like, at the end of the day, it's like I can include a two minute sponsorship in my video easily and get paid for it. And like, that can be, it can just be easy. Like, I don't have to think about it, but now I've kind of really had to ask myself, like, okay, it, does this really align like with who I am um, morally and like ethically, like working with this brand? Um, and would I actually like believe that it would be useful for my followers to go and shop this brand or pay for it or whatever? Um, so now like I, I'm kind of like asking myself those questions more. I'm able to kind of like really like slow down and really just like do what like aligns with me. So yeah, but it's a hard one. It's definitely really, really hard because it's still something I'm like, again, just struggling with. So I believe it. And that's why, I, that's why, again, I think you're an important voice in the space, especially because, um, we're both black and um again i don't follow i like i said i mean i'm anti-social media for a long time i was damn near anti-youtube right so like i'm still trying to figure it out myself because um to a lesser extent right a smaller platform i'm understanding that i have to market myself and i have to become my own brand i think journalism taught me that way as well just make it you have to build your own brand because no one's gonna do it for you and um 
Exactly. So it, it's it's tough, but um, yeah, I, I hear that you. I hear that you're trying to find that balance. So that's, that's super dope. It's a balance 100%. And I think I used to be really hard on myself on it before. Cause it's like, again, I'm, I've grown up being conditioned to be a part of the system. Right. And you learn, like you see a lot of other YouTubers where it's like, you know, the success of YouTube is what we would think normally is like making as much money as possible, but like unlearning that is a process and a journey in itself. So I've kind of just had to like go a little bit easier on myself and realize that like, okay, yes, I want to be comfortable. Yes, I want to make money. And I don't, there's anything wrong with making money. Um, and also being a consumer, like we have to buy things to survive and we have to buy things because we just want to enjoy things sometimes. Like that's okay. Um, and it's like, I'm just realizing that I don't have to be a perfect example when what my content is, is really just me learning and sharing as I learn and go. So I've kind of like eased up like on that pressure a little bit. So I love it. I think it's super dope. Um... Uh, you, I think you're doing it great. I honestly do. And again, you're one of the, you're probably the, one of the biggest YouTubers I follow. And again, I'm very not, I don't really follow a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, content creators, influencers stuff like that, just because I, I hate the connotation. I don't like, I don't like the word influencer. I don't, I gave you the reasons why, right? I mean, just mm-hmm. the addiction, everything in the news from how addicting, how they, almost like they're feeding brands and stuff like that. And so I'm yeah. definitely trying to figure out um it goes back to what you're saying all right aligning yourself with people who or going in the direction you're going and then um aligning yourself with brands or uh partnerships that are also a part of your ethos and what you're trying to accomplish as well so exactly yeah 100 percent. yeah well, it's listen, a learning yeah. experience though but yeah um no i forget what i was gonna say but yeah, i was i was just saying it's definitely like just a learning experience i feel like the more you grow the more you kind of like it's it feels like more pressure but you also have like more room to be like okay like i just want to reflect and learn and grow as i as i go so right. yeah well listen you've been more than gracious with your time i don't know if it felt if it felt like an hour but it's time to be flying you did not no i just maybe, maybe i'm hard. doing a good job i don't know maybe no, yeah you're doing great i appreciate you i appreciate you. but listen i appreciate your time um what's next for you i know you uh took the big leap of faith here um, and now you're a full-time YouTuber. Like I said, I'm definitely a fan of yours now and I'm watching sort of your content now. Um, so what's next? What, what are you up to? Yeah. So I'm so focused on growing my content and just like trying to increase the quality, um, of my content and the quality in the way that like I express myself. Um, and then I also have some other projects that I'm working on right now to try to hopefully try to help people, um, on their journey of quitting their nine to five and just figuring out how to pursue whatever they're passionate about. Um, so I'm working on a few things to do that. Um, but yeah, hopefully they'll be out soon. I don't want to share too many details because no, no, this is not like in Sonia, but yeah. yeah, I'm working on a few projects. So I'm excited. Um, so yeah. No, this ain't one of them 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 podcasts where I'm gonna be like, "Hey, what's what what you got going on, sis? What you what you what insight you got into your next project?" And I, I like put you on the spot and shit. No, 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 it's not that. I wish I, I wish I could plug some more stuff, but I can't at the moment. So no, you're good. Yeah, I'll tell you. Um, again, I I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you up as soon as we get off. But I really appreciate you, for real, for real. not yeah. no podcast talk. I'm a fan of yours. Uh, I hate that we weren't that I couldn't like interact with you because I really think. Um, I'm going to learn a lot from you, especially in content creation wise. And I, I like how you spend a lot of time reflecting. You talk about manifesting things a lot. I really enjoy that as well. Only when you, only when you mix with work ethic, which I know you do. So it's cool. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
so uh, yeah, but I'm a big fan of yours, and I um yeah, I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on and for even just considering me. So yeah, thanks for following and just consuming the content. Mm-hmm.